Hello, I'm John Pollitz, Dean of Library Affairs at Southern Illinois University Carbondale and your host for Saluki Stories. Today, we are talking with Tommy Vann, a 1986 graduate with a BA degree in plant and soil science. When Tommy graduated, he went on to work with the USDA, but then he found his true calling in the hospitality and tourism profession. I met Tommy at the SIU Foundation Chicago Takeover event this year. He was the general manager of the Marriott Residence Inn where the event was hosted. I was so impressed with how he made us all feel so welcome. I knew I had to hear his Saluki story. But let's let Tommy tell his story and dive right in. My name is Tommy Van. I graduated in 1986, and my major was plant and soil science. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Great. Yes. Okay. Yes. I Shocked uh, me there. Graduated from college, and then I started working for the USDA as a soil scientist. Really? Yes. Nice. Yes. Okay. Oh, we'll have to talk a little bit more about that, how you got from there to being a... Interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm, we'll hear it. Um, so we start out with, um, is there any single individual when you were going to school here who made a, a big impression on your life? Uh, I would say Patricia McNeil. Uh, she was, uh, she was a coordinator and she was over, uh, student, student center and activities. And uh-huh. she was really hard on us and, uh, she really got us to pretty much start to focus on school. And, and the reason I say that is I, I come from St. Louis, and uh, I was the only kid to go to college and um, to be pretty much fostered in a home where you were kept in this box. Yeah. And then yeah. you go to college, there was, there was no <laughs> the mom. The walls yeah. are down. Yeah. Anything could happen. Exactly. Right? There, was no, there was no mom to say, right. It's time to get up. There was no mom to say, time to go to sleep. And uh, I would say that was something that I had to get used to. And uh, she would always say, okay, how's everything going? What's happening here? And, and um, when we were do wrong, she would just reel us in. Yeah. And I, I would say she made a huge impact on my life. She, she would always say, you need to go slow to go fast. And I use right. I use that that term or that terminology to this day. And I used to always say, "What does she mean by that?" But she would never tell me. And as I grew up and started to do things on my own, I figured it out. Go slow to go fast meant if you go fast, you won't be able to show anyone how you went about getting the results that you got. But if you go slow, you get the details yeah. and you get the details in a manner whereas you're able to develop others and mentor others. And if you talk to any of my associates in the hotel, they'll tell you my number one, uh, my number one statement is go slow to go fast. Yeah. And yeah. I got that in Carbondale. Wow. Yes. All right. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yes. I, that's, that's why I enjoy doing this is I hear stories like mm-hmm. that and, and people, how people influence. Yes, she was a you. huge influence. Great, yes. great. Is there any particular event that stands out 
in your memory that was crucial to your time here? Let's see. Particular event. I would say, um, I would probably say homecoming. Yeah, right. And, and, oh, now here you are in right. homecoming. And the reason I say that is homecoming, it exposed me to a lot of different things. As I mentioned earlier, that my mom kept us pretty much enclosed in this box. Yeah. And to experience it and a positive experience, whereas it wasn't one where it involved, let's just party. It was a yeah. positive experience yeah. where people were coming together having great conversation, sharing ideas. And it also put me in a position where it allowed me to create relationships that I still have. Really? And I really? utilize those relationships to vent. I utilize those relationships to throw ideals at them, say, what do, what do you think if I went this direction? And they'll say, no, but if you add this to it, it makes it even better. So I would say homecoming with other students coming from different universities, and then you were able to collaborate with them. It was huge for me because I still collaborate them to this day. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's terrific. Yes. It's terrific to make those contacts. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. important. Yes. Um, was there any advice? Well, you kind of talked about yes. this, the advice. Anything else that you remember people you know, saying to you or helping you out. It was another, another gentleman. Yeah. Uh, he still lives in Carbondale. He was, uh, his name was Arnold Ross. He uh -huh. was, uh, he was director of housing when I stayed in the university hall. He would always say, you need to take care of business. Yeah. And when we weren't doing it, he would walk into our room and say, you're not taking care of business. He had this high voice. You're not taking care of business. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. And, and I'll share a story. It's about six families here in Carbondale who five of us were college roommates. We brought them to Chicago uh -huh. and we gave them gifts. And uh, the five gentlemen, Lyle Evans, he graduated from here. Um, uh, Kevin Lucas, uh, Edward Lance. Edward Lance used to be the student trustee here. Oh, yeah. Myself uh -huh. and then Eddie Parker. They were so instrumental in our lives. Uh, we brought them to Chicago, and we showered them with gifts to thank them for what they did. And the reason they made a huge impact on our lives because all of us come from single-home families. Yeah. They were the first families that we ever saw that had a male and a female. Really? Yeah. It was the first that we saw. And, really? And what they did was is they created the image of what a family should look like to us. And we've done nothing but thank them for that because if we wouldn't have been exposed to that, we wouldn't have the families that we have today. So uh, Arnold Ross and uh, those other um, four individuals made a huge impact on our lives. Wow, that's nice. That and that's outside of well school, right? They were part of the university. They were part of yeah. The they university. worked in the university, but the relationships that we created with them, 
it went beyond that. Yeah. They would chastise us. They would yeah. tell us, you, you're going the wrong way. Hey, your grades are not where they should be. You need to back off of the social activities and really start to focus on why you're here. You're not taking care of business. Yeah. And we still, to this day, when we see us not doing something properly, say, you know, you're not taking care of business. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yes. And you carried that on mm-hmm. for the whole time. Yes. Or for from till now, right? Yes. And good. do you have any, like other than homecoming, any other fondest memories of SIU? Fondest memories of SIU well, was when I was voted Greek of the Year. Yeah? I was voted Greek of the Year, and um, I would always question, how did I do that? And um, they said, why would you question that? You your ability to connect with people is huge. And, and, and to f- the funny part about it was, is when I would tell people what my major was, right. they would look at me like, what? Yeah. I would have thought that you had been in political science or something in that manner that dealt with speaking with people. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm like, no, no, this is what I want to do. And, uh, but the connection that I had with people was huge. And it, it, it made a lot of sense when I, when I started to think about it. It's like, wow. And I had a, a gentleman tell me one day, uh, as I started to work my way through the Marriott chain, he says, I don't care about your technical skills. You have a God-given talent. And that God-given talent is you have people skills. I can't teach you that. Yeah, right. I can't right, teach you right. that. That's something that you inherited. That's a gift. And you will overcome a lot of issues because of the skill set that you have on the people side. They will forgive you for this technical piece that right, you're missing. Right, but yeah. I would say that helped me out tremendously when I was voted Greek of the Year. And people's like, dude, you, you have to understand if we taped you and we showed you, showed you in action, you would see what we're talking about. Yeah, you, yeah. There's not one stranger that would walk into the room that you wouldn't speak to. Yeah, and, I could see that when we were yes. in Chicago and I met you there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I got that from I got that from my stepdad. He he was one of those ones who always said, "Young man, yeah, young lady, yeah," and uh, and it 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 really you you don't really understand the impact that you may have on someone when you say young man, or young lady, yeah. they turn around and look at you and it creates a conversation and look and say, you know what? I needed that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I do that all the time. I, 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 it's called respect. And when they right. say, when they, when they make that statement, Oh, I'm younger than you. I said, but you're full of wisdom. You're full of wisdom. And all I want to do is grab some of that from you. That's terrific, yeah. man. That is terrific. What about um, memories of Carbondale, the city? Carbondale, the city. You know, when I was here, the the, the memories that I have was the strip. Yeah, right. it was it was always rocking, and uh, I worked at uh, Gusto's. Oh yeah, it was a yeah. T-shirt printing place. Okay, and that was. That was the greatest memory I had because, as I mentioned earlier, God's plan, yeah. it was twofold. 
he started me over here, and then he says, okay, I walk into this Gusto's place in his T-shirts, and yeah. I remember the guy's name, his name was Van, and he, he was the owner of the shop. And he says, you know what? We just we struck up a conversation. He said, you know, you could sell T-shirts for me. Like, sell T-shirts <laughs> for you? He said, no, this is how it goes. In the dorms, every oh, yeah. floor has T-shirts. And he says, what you do is you go in there, you do the presentation, then you get 10%. Oh, okay. I was like, okay. Yeah. And that started me on my selling thing. But it exposed me to so many different people where I'm, I'm talking to RAs. I'm like, so what do you do here? Oh, I, I'm in charge for such and such, such and such. Yeah. I'm like, wow. It exposed me to a lot. And then I started working at Memorial Hospital. Really? Yes. Really? And you remember Nancy Hunter Pay? She was the <laughs> dean, of, uh, dean of students. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was in the hospital when she had her first baby, oh. and she was walking through, and I said, "Go get her, Nancy." Yeah, right. <laughs> and, she, and she said, "The first person I see is Tommy Van," <laughs> but it was more so. It was segments of Carbondale that you didn't know, and then yeah. when I got into the fraternal organizations, I started seeing another side of Carbondale with the Irma Hayes Center. Yeah. All those things yeah. where it put me in a position where I could do community service. Oh, we went yeah. to Addicts Park yeah. and you did all that yeah. stuff. So those are the memories that I had. And the and the funny thing that you say that is that's where I went today. I drove did my you? I drove my car through Addicts Park and then I went yeah. to the Irma Hayes Center and I found out it just reopened. Yes. 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 Yeah. So that was that was something where as you go back and the only thing that it, it brought back was great memories. Yeah, when, wonderful. I would yeah. say, and I tell people this all the time, matter of fact, the other five gentlemen that uh, I spoke about earlier, this was the best times of our lives. Yeah. yeah. Best times of our yeah. lives. Yeah. It, it, we became men. We became men. And that's the Greatest memory that I have That's right. Carbondale. Right, yeah. It made me a man. It, nice, it, yeah. It woke me up and said, okay, you need to. You got to take care of business. You right? got to start taking steps yeah. on your own, yeah. taking care yeah. of business. Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's great. You know, I graduated from here 10 years before you. Okay. 1975. And so I know what you're talking yes. about. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Okay, so tell me now, how did I, I met you at the uh, Marriott residence in, mm-hmm. in on LaSalle street, downtown Chicago Yes, on the craziest weekend I ever seen with the, uh, uh, the September for the yes. for Mexican independence yes. day. And yes. it was like, wow, that was exciting. Um, but it was a great, and it, you know, meeting you and you were so genuine and so, uh, so great to everybody who was up there. How did you get from plant digging up dirt to to running this major uh, motel ho- hotel in Chicago? The way I got there was is that I went to East St. Louis Senior High School, and uh, I was um, I would always go through the go through the motion of saying I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah, and uh, my mom had one of those come to Jesus talks with me, and she says. You know, it's about time for you to really start to think about what are you going to do in life. And uh, I said, "Mm, I'm not sure I'm ready for that conversation. And uh, but the toughest part about that conversation is that my mom never 
saw what I did. My mom died my uh, oh. second year of college. Oh. And her, um, her biggest thing was is to drive me to school. Yeah. She drove, yeah. she drove me to school, dropped me off at Wilson Hall, and uh, a year later she passed of colon cancer. Uh, and, uh, but the thing that really got me into looking at planting soil science was, is that I had an instructor, his name was Mr. Massey and we had a greenhouse and I would always going to say, what is all this about? And he says, well, this is, it's all about, it's all about soil. I said, said, that's dirt. He said, no, soil is a dirt out of place. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, so what you're saying, weeds and grass, that's right. Yeah. A weed in another area could be a grass. Yeah, right. It could be right. a plant. Yeah. And he says, and I start to, hmm, that could be interesting. He says, I can get you in this field, and then we can get you a job every summer working with the USDA. Oh, yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah. And he said, yeah. And at that particular time, Five or six dollars or seven dollars an hour is a lot of money. Right, right, yeah. They started me off at like at ten bucks, and <laughs> then they would ship me to Decatur, Illinois, uh-huh. and I would work every summer uh, in that field. And uh, I was like, I kind of like this. Yeah. And outside everything. Yes, I was doing. Treated. I was doing exactly the job that they were doing as full time employees. Right, the right. training and all of it, the probing of the soils, the being able to describe soils, you can actually go to Decatur, Illinois, and look at the maps, and I've inked the areas of some of those areas. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, I said, hey, maybe this is something that I want to do. And so I started looking around. He says, well, you can either go to SIU Edwardsville or you can go to Carbondale. And my mother, my mother said, um, my stepfather says, well, here's what I want to do for you. I want you to go to SIU Edwardsville. And then you work part-time for me. Uh-huh. And I came home very excited to tell my mom that. And she says, no. She says, I said, why would you say that? He's going to do this. And, yeah. and she says, no, because look at his three sons. They did exactly what he described to you. They didn't finish school. Uh, yeah, right. So, right. so I said, okay, I'll go to, I'll go to, um, I'll go to Carbondale. And uh, I got into the field, but the, the great part about it was everything that I was learning in the summer, when I go to class, oh, God, yeah, right. I, I, I had it down. So yeah. We go in the yeah. labs, I'm like, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> I can probe. I can tell you why glaciers are doing this, why you got the runoff here, yeah. you got silty clay loam soil. I, I got all this down. And, uh, wow. yeah, right. and then my, my, my second year of doing it, when I went to Decatur, I started getting bored. Really? And yeah. I was getting bored. I was like, man, this, this is not what I want to do, but I was too far into it. Right. Right. So I said, yeah, let can. me, let me, let me finish it. And I finished it. And I actually, I was making about 25,000 a year. Not I, bad. I right. quit. Really? Really? I quit. And, uh, I started work with Marriott. Really? I, 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 that was your first, first, right after that. Right after yeah. that. I started working with Marriott as a janitor. No, really. I started as a janitor on the midnight shift, yeah. mopping floors. And my whole goal was is to get my foot in the door and showcase my talents. And um, 
I mean, that's a hard thing to do because yes. people see you as a janitor a lot of the times. Yeah. That's a real testament to and, Marriott. And it was, it was one of those things whereas I had to influence my father because he was highly upset. Yeah, right. What about 5.15? So you're talking about 10000 a year? You just dropped? Yeah. And I said, and I threw it back at him. I said, you always told me if I can't give 110%. That's where you shouldn't be. Yeah. And right. I, and he's, he looked at me. <laughs> okay. You he, got he me. He said, yeah. okay. And, uh, my goal was, is to get my foot in the door, showcase my talent. And that's what I did. I was a janitor. Then I became a housekeeping supervisor. Then I became a, uh, banquet. I'm sorry, a catering service manager in training, got into the Marriott's manager and training program, then I became the director of services in charge of all the housekeeping departments. And I became the front office manager responsible for the front office, the bell stand, the concierge. And then I went and reached over and went into another brand with Marriott, which was the Renaissance brand. Uh-huh. I opened up the Renaissance in St. Louis as director of rooms operations, responsible for the front office and the housekeeping operations. Yeah. Yeah. Then I was later promoted to the director of operations. And then my boss came into my office. The general manager came into my office. And she, he says, um, you've hit a wall. I looked at him. He said, well, I said, what do you mean? He says, There's, you can't go any further in St. Louis. We need you right. to go elsewhere because there's not many, ho- not many hotels in St. Louis on the Marriott brand that you could flourish under. He says, we want you to go to Chicago. I so, okay. So I went yeah. to Chicago as the resident manager of the Renaissance on State and Wacker. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. 500 rooms, and it blew me away. I was like, oh, my God, this is too much. I was overwhelmed. Right. The first six months, yeah. I was doubting myself. And yeah. finally, uh, the general manager pulled me to the side, and she says, don't ever doubt yourself. You can do it. You, and then nice. I immediately thought about my chemistry professor here at Carbondale was Dr. Kasky. Uh-huh. And he would always say that choo-choo train is <laughs> you can do it, you oh. can do it, or I can do it. Yeah. And um, I would always think about that. And every time I got to the point where I was going to doubt myself, I would come back to Carbondale with Dr. Kasky. And say, Serious. I can do it. And I hit it out of ballpark. And then I got my first GM job at, Downish Grove, and I got another GM's job at the O'Hare Marriott, and then they called me and said, we want you to open up the largest residency in, in the world, which is my hotel that I'm currently at. Really? That's and the largest in the world? Largest in the world. Not anymore now. Yeah. Calgary went and built a hotel that had two more rooms, <laughs> so it's the, it's the largest in the U.S., yeah. and uh, just recently, uh, I'm going to be opening another uh residence in, which is going to be about 300 rooms, which is going to be on the mag mile. And I'm going to be a dual GM. So I'll have 670 rooms under my belt. But, uh, but again, it was, it was God's plan. Whereas it wasn't meant for me to do what I wanted to do at that particular time, because you think about it. I worked, I've worked in every position in the hotel industry, just came up through the positions and I, and I think about why that happened. It's because he says, when I put you in the position as a GM, 
You would have done every job. No one would have doubt your abilities. And then you will be able to, you will be able to communicate with the staff better than anyone because you've done that job. That's and the right. respect That's that right. they will have from you. Yeah. And the thing that I've always remembered is that never forget where you came from. Never forget where you came from. Yeah. Don't stop doing those things. That's why when you see me walk in the uh, breakfast area, right. yeah. clearing I, tables, I, yep. checking people in, that's the thing that I always believe. I won't tell you to do something that I won't do. And that was no show when you were always here. I do that every day. Is I walk the floors, check and see how, how's your rooms? How's your stay with us? Anything we could have done better. And uh, I just believe God set me up, which I didn't know about the setup, yeah, but yeah. he set me up in a manner where, as he said, when I put you and I elevate you to the position that you need to be in, the position that you're in now, you're going you're gonna to take off. But the reason you're going to take off because the people behind you are going to have your back yeah. because yeah. of the fact that they've seen what you do and you continue to don't forget where you came from. Yeah, right. Continue to do those things that you do every day because that's how you get people to become loyal to you. You just can't tell people to do things all the time. Sometimes you got to see some action on your end. Wow. That's terrific. That's a great. Do you think, you know, I, my experience with uh, Marriott's is that they have the best service attitude of any place I've ever stayed in. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they made that effort. And I think they've, I've also heard that they made an eff, make an effort to really do bring up people from the, Correct. From the get-go. You know, I, I tell people all the time, Marriott pays me to have fun. <laughs> That's not bad if they you can do that. They pay me to have fun. Yeah. And you, you made a key statement there. And if I see promotion from within, right. then I know there's an opportunity for me. Yeah, and right. And that's one thing that I, I always do with my staff is – I always look at them, and every six months I do a pulse check. Yeah. And I'll put a contingency plan. Okay, say, what if this person left? Okay, have we supplied this this individual with the skill set or the tools so if that person left, they could walk right into that job? Yeah, And I would say 90% of my my staff started off just like I did. Really? Really? So I'm just yeah. like I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I will tell people all the time, I can put my staff up against anyone in the Chicago market, and I guarantee you they'll outperform them. Wow. Nice, yes. man. Nice. Because it's, it's very, very important that you make sure they have the skill set and you make sure that they have the tools to be successful. Because someone gave me the tools, and I became successful. So I am obligated to do the exact same thing for others. That's how you keep the pipeline there. Tommy, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your Saluki story. It was great to hear your memories of SIUC and the mentors that helped you realize your full potential. We hope you all will join us next week for more Saluki stories. This has been John Pollitz, Dean of Library Affairs at Southern Illinois University Carbondale, 
and your host for Saluki Stories. Our production would not have been made possible without the contributions of radio, television, and digital media assistant professor of practice, Jennifer Pape. Student editor-producer, Casey Avis-Rouse. And our music production team, Austin Davis and Dakota Holden. Go dogs! <laughs>